going to be talking today about conquering, and you can read the rest of the announcements, conquering temptation, and this may uh, continue on next week um, on some ways to help you be an overcomer, um, but how many know we're all tempted, amen? And we all struggle with that temptation, but what's your goal? Your goal is to be more like Jesus, amen? And he set the example, and so we're like, Lord, we just want to follow and do what, what you do and live our life for you. So um, if you have a desire to have a passion for Jesus, you'll be an overcomer when it comes to temptation. Can I say that again? If you have a desire, a passion for Jesus, you will be an overcomer. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you, and as you just dive into the Word, it will direct your steps. As a matter of fact, Psalm 1611 says, it's not on your, your outline there, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that good? Let me read that again. God says, you make, uh, He makes known to us the path of life. In His presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I just love serving God. And I have a great time serving the Lord. And I believe that the Lord has bigger and better things for you. Let me say that again. I believe God has bigger and better things for you. If you're 85 or if you're 14, God's not done with you. So continue to ask God every day, Lord, help me to be an overcomer, to conquer temptation, I want to be able to do that. Romans 8.37 says, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're more than a conqueror. Tell them that this morning. You are more than a conqueror. As a matter of fact, you're a co-heir with Christ. Romans 8.17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, we don't like that word suffer. I don't like that word suffer. Nobody likes to suffer, amen? But when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there will be suffering. And people will challenge you. The enemy will challenge you. Your flesh will challenge you each and every day. But thank the Lord, we have been made more than conquerors. And he's going to help us to continue to step up and allow ourselves to stand strong in him. And when you fall, turn to your neighbor. Say, when you fall, get up. Get up. You got to get up and you got to keep going. Amen. Sometimes all you can do is stand. But just get up and stand. And let the Lord direct your steps when it's time to take the next step. He'll do that. Romans 7.11 it says, for sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it, it killed me. Sin is always ready to seize the opportunity. When I think about sin, I think about sin crouching, just ready to pounce upon somebody, looking for you to get yourself in the wrong position, go to the wrong place, crack the wrong door. We all struggle with temptation every week, every one of us. Has anybody sinned this week? Can I see your hand? Good. I mean, that's bad. But it lets you know that we're all in the same boat. Amen? We've all messed up. And nobody's perfect. But you know what? As we pursue Christ, we grow and we get deeper rooted. And, and it's amazing how the Lord helps us to overcome. I love that. You've got to watch your desires. James 1, 8, 1 15 says... Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, bring forth death. Oh, my gosh. It'll bring forth death. Be careful not to follow desire. Be careful not to follow desire. Are you coveting your neighbor's house, their car, their wife, their husband. Be careful what you desire. Are you at work coveting things, looking like, man, I wish I had that. I wish I was in that. Be careful your desire. It will cause you to step into sin. 
We've got to guard that. Every day, hour by hour. So watch your desire. So if you look at your outline, Romans 8.37 there tells us that we're more than conquerors. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And that's going to tell us a little bit about the prayer that the Lord laid out for us, for you and I to, to follow. But before we get there, I want to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And the first point today is this. Jesus was in the desert and he faced temptation. So Jesus faced temptation. What I want you to understand is we all face it. The Son of God faced temptation. Yeah, but he didn't face what we faced. We're going to get to that. The Son of God faced temptation. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who was an unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is, no, you guys read this with me out loud, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. We're going to pause right there. Hebrews says Jesus was tempted in every respect. There was not a temptation that he did not face. So that should give you hope in knowing that Jesus faced those, I can face those. Amen? He faced the temptation, you can face the temptation. There's not one, you're thinking, well, you know, he didn't have all this pornography. There's not one temptation that he didn't face. You see, when he went into that desert, Satan was going to set him up. He wanted to set him up. And as I keep reading, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So our prayer this morning, Jesus, is help us to be overcomers. As we dive into the word here, allow us to continue to rest in your grace. Holy Spirit, guide us, empower us, direct our steps. Help us not yield to desire, but Lord, help us to keep our eyes on your word and to be led through the direction of the Holy Spirit. We ask it in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So Jesus was in the desert and faced temptation. Oh, my goodness. Matthew 6, 9 through 13 says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Your prayer should be, God, help me not to go into temptation. Does anybody ever, don't raise your hand, get tempted to be upset, mad? Or what about, you know, I was just thinking the ladies had a bonfire last night. My wife was just on me this week about eating some brownies. She goes, you're eating too many brownies. I think you've ate most of those brownies that are missing. And I said, I didn't eat most of them. Well, I didn't eat all of them. I, I, those grandbabies ate some of them. And so she's telling me this, you know, not to do that. And then she comes home. She goes, look, I brought you some dessert from our ladies' night out. And I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> and she goes, here, try some of this. And it was really good. Thank you, Deb Pitts. It was really good. But then I sat there eating it, and I thought, I just got told today that I was eating too much. But then she, she was tempting me, being used of the enemy. And I failed. I failed. Hmm. Be careful who's in your house. 
Holy Spirit, we need a revival. I'm so confused sometimes with the opposite sex. I really am. I'm just, Lord, help me. Help me. Hebrews 3, 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. By faith we're to trust God in things. And so there are times we have to trust God in faith. Sin, you might want to write this down. Sin is conceived when you make a plan to possess. Sin is conceived when you make a plan to possess. David was on top of his castle there looking out, and he came there every evening. He should have been in battle. He shouldn't have been there. But he looks over at the building next to him, and there is Bathsheba taking a bath on the top of the roof. They did not take baths on the top of the roof. That woman had seen David come out there every evening. Her husband was gone, saw him come out, and so she decided, I'm going to set this up. I'm going to take a bath out there so he can see me. Now, we always think of how bad David was, but she had a part in this temptation. But David could have looked over and said, oh, my goodness, no. Walked on inside and avoided it. But what did he do? David made a plan to possess her. He said to his men, bring her to me. Sin is conceived. You can be tempted, but when you say, oh, I'm going to, there's a, a playboy. Or there's a, a raunchy movie. Put it in. Open that up. You make a plan to possess Maybe you're struggling with food. Gluttony's a sin. Hello? You have to be careful. Now, in my house growing up, when my mom put the food on the table, my dad jumped in and he just went at it. He was six foot two. He weighed 150 pounds. And because he was out there working so hard, he could eat and eat. And my brother and I looked at each other, and we're like, there's not a lot left. And she said, if you boys don't get in there and get some, you're not going to get any. So we learned, jump in. And it wasn't being gluttonous. It was just, if you didn't get in, you weren't going to get any. Because the man could eat. And there is a problem in the Mason family. We have that hangry problem. When you don't eat, you get a little grumpy. Do, do any of you have anybody in your family that has a hangry problem? Let me see your hand. Oh, my gosh. See, and, and so our flesh, man, it can cause us to change our attitudes. Amen? And so we have to be careful. I'm not justifying it. I'm saying you got to work on that. I can be on a date with my wife. We have Friday night date, and it could have been a long day. Maybe I didn't get time to get lunch, and she's like, did you eat lunch today? Um, let me think. No, I don't think I did. Pull over here. Why? You, we're getting you a ham. Well, we're going to eat. No, we're getting you a burger right now. <laughs> so I pull over, we get a burger. She has me eat it. And, she, and then like 10 minutes later, she goes, now there's the Owen I know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You have potential. And all of your potential is found in God, but you have to be an overcomer. Amen? God has, adorn, has ordained life for you, but you have to walk with God to reach that potential. If you tell me, I don't like reading the Bible, I don't like praying, I took my message on messing with worry last week, and I spoke it to a group of ministers this week, I changed it a little bit for them, but... Dealing with worry, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And I talked about, guys, you're not going anywhere in leadership in your church unless you are praying. And encouraging them to be in prayer, 
to be thankful, to be grateful. That's what we talked about last week. Be thankful, be grateful for all that God has done for you. But I am telling you, if you're not in prayer, if you're not being thankful, if you're not opening up the Word of God, I say this practically every month, you are going to struggle in your walk with God. You can't tell me you don't like to read. There's too many apps you can listen to it. In your car, on your phone, they'll speak to you. They'll read to you. There's too many ways that you can take in. God can give you ways to be able to take in the Word of God and digest it. There's no excuse not to have the Word of God in you. We need to read the manual. you got to have a manual. Are there any fathers in here you don't like to read directions when you start putting things together? Let me see your hand. Oh, my gosh. Help them. Help their families. Thank God for YouTube for some of you. And you get yourself frustrated, you get yourself upset, you get yourself mad, when all you had to do was open up, how many times in my life has my wife said, honey, did you read the directions? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do that. And then she'll take them and read them to me. Oh, that really makes me happy. (laughs) But I really do enjoy her doing that. It helps out. Well, in life, as a believer, if you don't read the B-I-B-L-E, if you don't get that in you, if you don't read God's manual, how are you going to know how to be an overcomer? To avoid that temptation. All these examples in the Bible are for us to learn from. They're there not for us to put them down. They're there for us to say they were human. They were flawed. We are flawed. But we can get up and continue to march on for Jesus. So we need to read the manual, the one created by God. It has keys for us to function daily. And as you read the manual, as you walk in Christ, you discover your purpose and the plan that he has for you. You are unique. There's nobody else like you. God's got a purpose and a plan for you. 1 Peter 1.23, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. You've been born again. There's been seed planted in you. That's imperishable. It's going to grow. Things are going to come forth. But let me get back to temptation. If you're unhappy with your spouse or your job or whatever, And you're looking for an excuse to leave that marriage, to leave that job. Can I tell you, you are going to find one. But if you'll say, God, help me to stay in your will in this marriage. And Lord, if you're not done with me in this job, don't let me sabotage myself so that they'll fire me. There are people, they get fired just so they can draw unemployment. Isn't that pathetic? It really is. That's the society we live in. Jesus said, do what he does, say what he says. The seed in you is bursting out. The seed will produce fruit, a purpose and a plan for the possibilities in Christ to take place. But the enemy will do his best to destroy you. So let's look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to have them put the second point up there on the screen so you can fill in the blanks as I'm reading this. Um, Areas of temptation we all might see. And now put A, B, and C on there. Just kind of roll through them. There you go. So they can fill in the blanks as I talk about this. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Did the Spirit tempt Jesus? No, because God does not tempt us. But the Spirit led him into the wilderness. There are times that the Holy Spirit will lead you into a situation to see how you're going to respond. 
We may not like that, but it's true. You can find yourself in a situation to see how you're going to respond. Why is it when people get in an argument, a lot of times the volume gets louder and louder and louder? Honestly, if somebody wants to argue with me, just keep the volume down and just look at them and say, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. Yes, I'm hearing what you're saying. That will help diffuse a lot of the anger coming. Just restate what they're saying. Doesn't mean you agree with it. Just restate it. Keep yourself calm. It's amazing what that will do. But Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those 40 days. Oh, my goodness. I can count on my hand five or less people that I know that have done an actual 40-day actual fast of liquid only, and I'm not talking milkshakes. One guy's name was Lanson Ross, and he shared what God did. Another man came to me after a 40-day fast because God had given him some words for me, and I knew that if somebody has spent 40 days fasting, oh, my goodness, they have gotten tuned with the Lord. And, and I feel like that uh, Jesus going in here Fasting 40 days. This is the beginning of his ministry. Do we hear anything in the first 28 years? I'm not talking up to when he was two and they had to leave to go to Egypt. Do we hear anything from three all the way up to 30 about the devil attacking Jesus? Do we hear anything about temptation? Do we hear anything going on? We don't hear anything. We don't know what happened there. I'm telling you, when you start your identity in Christ, the devil's coming after you. Can I say that again? When you start, he started his ministry and he's in the desert, he's being tempted. When you say, God, it's all about you now, I want to do, your identity has been established, the devil's coming to try to rob you. That's why so many people that aren't living for God, they're not facing a lot of this stuff. But as soon as you commit yourself to Christ and you identify with him, you will face, you will face all kinds of battles. So he's starting his ministry here. And he ate nothing for those days. And when they had ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, Command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy chapter 8. What is Jesus doing? Every time the devil tempts him, he gives back the word of God. He tempts him with earthly bread, but Jesus says man shall not live by bread alone. There's a spiritual bread. We've got to be in the word. Then it goes on, and the devil took him up to show him all the kingdoms of the world. And in a moment of time, said to him, I will give you all authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give to whom I will. If you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered out of Isaiah 6.3, you worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. I mean, Jesus is hungry. He's tempted with bread. Oh, my gosh. Then he's shown every powerful place, all that he could have. No. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. See, the devil knows the word. It is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. Wait a minute. Is the devil just admitting that he really is the son of God? 
But he tries to tell everybody else he's not. Come on now. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, Deuteronomy 6.16. It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, everybody say every. Every temptation. When he had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now, I want to go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, guys. Genesis chapter 3. So you've got the areas of temptation that we all might see, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three categories of all sin. And I'll prove it to you out of 1 John here in a moment. These are the three categories that all of us face, and Jesus faced all three of these. The lust of the flesh, oh, eat this bread. The lust of the eyes, I'll give you all this. The pride of life, throw yourself down. Show who you are. You know, be prideful. The angels will pick you up. Let's go to Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. That the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say? Stop right there. The devil wants you to doubt the word of God. But it's easy to doubt it if you don't know it. Let me say that again. It's easy to doubt the word if you don't know it. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open." And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So look at verse 6. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, Jesus in the garden, eat the bread, first temptation. Eve, it's good for food, first temptation. The first Adam failed. The second Adam, Christ, comes in to overcome. It's good for food. Go back, lust of the flesh. How many times does our flesh rise up and say, I just want to do it. I just need to feel it. I just need you gotta stop going by your feelings. Your feelings will destroy you. You I love it, you know, I enjoy being in the presence of God and I enjoy feeling the Holy Spirit, but there is a lot of times in life when walking with God is macaroni and cheese time. Come on now, listen to me. It's just the same old, same old every day. God's looking for me to be consistent, to do the same thing even when I'm not feeling a buzz, when I'm not too high or not too low. Be consistent. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, first temptation. And it was a delight to the eyes, lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. And the tree was to be desired to make one wise, pride of life. Three categories messed up in the garden. Jesus goes into the desert, fast 40 days, 40 nights, faces the same three, and overcomes all three of them for you and I. And if he overcomes them, we can be overcomers. We can be more than conquerors. It's important that we get this. Look at Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who also passed through heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect 
has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he faced every temptation, every category of temptation, and that's why if Jesus faced those categories, you and I can be overcomers. So don't use the excuse, well, he didn't face all this media and social media and all, the, all this peer pressure. Yes, he did. The category of sin. And you got to be able to get that and understand that. It's important that we walk that out. Amen? The devil used all that against him. The problem is, too many of us are trying to help repair messes and we end up getting into a mess. Be careful. I talked about this last week. Who you hang with. Because if their life is full of mess, I'm not saying you can't pray for them. I'm not saying you can't help them. But if they are sucking you down, you, those with the gift of mercy, you have to be so careful. Because your gift of mercy, you'll find people in the gutter and you'll be right down there. Let me get you out. Let me just pick you up. I just don't want you in the gutter. And kaboom, you're in the gutter with them. Some of you married that messy guy or that messy gal. And you thought you could help and change them. And 30 years later, you're still doing the same stuff. Be careful with those that have the gift of mercy. You can get sucked into stuff that God doesn't want you in. Got to be guarded. Got to be in the word. Everything's got to line up. Before I ever married this gal, I said, Lord, I need a confirmation from the Word of God that she's the one. I said, that's a tough thing to ask. It was. I broke up with her. I said, hey, we're, you know, you go on a date. I got to know if you're the one. God will show me. If you're not, I want you to be free to move on. And for three weeks, man, I did nothing but pray and seek God. And he gave me a scripture. You guys want to know what it was? No, I'm not going to tell you. Because some of you will use that. You'll look it up. Oh, that's my scripture too now, Pastor. No, see, I don't give that away. But that's how much I trust him and I want to hear from him because then I know when he gives me that scripture and she gets a little bit of out, out of line, I can go, hey, God, you told me right here. <laughs> or I get a little bit of out of line, she can remind me of that scripture and say, hey, he told, you told him I was the one. Now, you put me in this, uh, this blessing But that's the way I live my life. That's the way I live my life because I believe the Word of God can direct you in every little thing. So be careful who you're hanging with. James says, temptation's desire will help you conceive sin. Sin is missing the mark. We've heard that over and over again. You had an opportunity to rise above the sin, but you failed. Now, let me help you here, because I'm not out to condemn anybody today, but failure is not fatal. You married her, you married him, you took the job. You were being led maybe more by your flesh than you were the spirit. Well, God can work with you where you are. Come on now. That's what a great loving God is. He's like, hey, Moses, don't strike the rock this time. Just speak to it. Just speak to it. Moses is mad. He's got a temper problem. Boom, he does it. He strikes it the second time. Moses, Moses, Moses. Water comes out. God honored. Water came out. Moses did not go into the promised land because that rock represented Jesus, and Jesus was not going to be struck down twice. But he still let Moses lead, and he still blessed his life. He just didn't get to go in, but God allowed Moses to see it. Come on now. Temptation will try to get you to sin. And when you get tempted, you get dragged away by your own desires, and you act upon it. And here's the other thing. The devil did not make Eve do it. Come on now. The devil didn't make Eve do it. She, she looked upon it. 
thought it was good, but food, thought it was pleasing to the eye, thought it would make her wise, and she took and ate. Too many times we blame the devil for decisions we've made. We've got to, we've got to humble ourselves and say, God, I did this. David, how many know David messed up time and time again? But because of those sins, three boys died. A daughter was raped and put away for the rest of her life. And I believe one of the reasons that God says that David was a man after my own heart was David knew how to repent. Failure is not fatal. David knew how to get alone with God and say, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. We have to be careful because we see something, and it's like having a remote. And it's like, hey, I could guide this here, and that, that the devil's tempting you, and I could get you to go over here. And then, then you're like, hey, just leave that park right there because I like where I'm at. You have to avoid temptation. You have to avoid it. Be careful what your eyes are seeing. Be careful where your feet are going. Be careful who you're hanging with. Not everybody's for you. Listen, in the body of Christ, I had the guys on the camera the other day that came to me. They said, Owen, Pastor Owen, these young guys, you move too much. <laughs> and, and we love you, but we want you to be more stationary. And I said, that's not going to happen. I've been doing this 38 years. I am who I am. So I am going to move. So if the camera can't follow me, I'm not worried about the camera. I'm not worried about the shot out there, okay? But what I am telling you is be careful where you go. Because even in the body of Christ, there are snakes. Come on. There are tempters. There are people that want to lead you astray. Now, they talk about Jesus. They act like Jesus. But there's a lot of false prophets out there. At Pastor Adam and I were at a prophecy conference with Rick Joyner. Probably, I don't know, four or 5,000 people there. And, man, these prophetic people were running around prophesying over everybody. Every place you went, I got a word for you. I got a word for you. And that's all they were doing up until the worship. They're giving words to everybody and, and stuff. And we were just kind of looking at each other like, man, this is kind of strange. And Rick Joyner, who's a, a very godly man, has a doctorate degree, and he's, he's got all kinds of great things happening. He gets up there and goes, how many prophets do we have in the house? And they're like, yeah. And then he says, 80% of what you all are saying is not of God. It's your flesh. I, I elbowed Adam. I elbowed Dean. It's about to get good right now. He said only 20% of what you're saying is from God. Many of you are skinning people like goats. And you're skinning pastors like goats because you have an agenda, and it's not about God. You're not really representing God. And I thought, man, what an education. I was at another conference, 3,000 people there, worship leaders. Jeff Booth and I were there. Donnie McClurkin was speaking about worship. Anybody know Donnie McClurkin? Un you know, four or five octave voice, or struggles with homosexuality, has struggled most of his life, and pastoring a church, and he goes, I just want you to bow your heads. After he gave his testimony of being an overcomer, he said, now, I want to know how many of you worship leaders struggle with homosexuality. I elbow Jeff, keep your eyes open right now. I said, we're about to find out where the body of Christ is going. Now, this was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Over 50% of the hands of worship leaders throughout the United States raised their hand and said they struggled with homosexuality. So we laid hands on Pastor Adam. 
No, 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 no. Believe me, he does not. I just had to throw that in there. He loves me, man. Been a brother-in-law for 30 years. He can, he knows me. He loves me. See, like, but what I'm saying is that's why we're in the mess we're in today in America because that's what's been going on in the house of God. There's been a bunch of snakes, a bunch of perverted people that have the wrong agendas. And I'm telling you, you got to get to know people and be prayed up and led by the Spirit so you can discern. Be careful even at times how much time you spend with people. Amen? Just a word of caution. A word of caution. So Eve was tempted. Adam was tempted. They fell right into this. And it messed up everything. The last point is this. The enemy will attack you when you are most vulnerable. It's been a long week, long month. You got more month than you do money. You're mad because your spouse is not living up. To your expectation, your children are driving you nuts. You're, you're battling things at work. You're battling things with the neighbor. You're battling things with your pet. I don't know, whatever it is. We have to be careful because we're elevating animals. Come on now. I know they love you, but they love you because you feed them. And I'm not against pets. We've had cats. We've had dogs. We've had all that. I even gave one of our kittens to Phil. And Phil has been on me for 30 years. I brought something into his house. I should have never brought it to his house. But, but you have to be careful what you're elevating and how your attitude is changing toward those around you. Let me just go back. When you're on your deathbed, when you're in that hospital or at that home, it will not be work that will be there. They may give you a watch, but that watch will mean nothing. It will not be your neighbors that are going to be there. You may have some close Christian friends and a pastor there, but I'm telling you, it will be your spouse, your children, and your grandchildren that will be there. That's why you need to make sure you are pouring the right priorities into the right people. Be careful. Be careful where you go and what you do. So important. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. We're going to finish this up next week because I, I don't want to rush through this. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned. Adam has seen me at my best, but he has seen me at my worst. <laughs> Shaloi has seen me at my best, but she has seen me at my worst. I heard that, amen. <laughs> because we're all flawed. Thank God for Jesus who went and undid. He was the second Adam. He undid what even Adam did and gave you and I an opportunity to have a life in him and to have a life full of no condemnation. Because if, we're, if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When you realize those around you are not perfect, but they're still trying, it gives you hope, amen? It gives you hope. I look out here and I see some wonderful people, but man, I, I see some, I see some yahoos out there <laughs> who are into, I mean, they love Jesus, but you know, they just different. <laughs> Gabe, you know, just Jeff Hartwig, oh my gosh. 
Tom Pritchett. Man, they're just different. I mean, anybody that roots for the Georgia team, help us, Lord. But, but you love them because God loves them. You love people because Jesus loves them. Amen? Flawed, messed up, but when you see their heart trying to do the right thing, you don't tear them up because they've screwed up. You love them up. Don't tear them up because they screwed up. You love them up. I'm a hugger. I've always been a hugger. And I'll just come and hug somebody. Come here, Mom. So, so when you lose your husband of 60-some years and you're all alone, whenever I come and get you and take you to lunch and we walk at the mall and we get back to the house and I pray for you, I always hug you. Because you don't get that many hugs anymore. And, and we need those hugs, especially to those that are closest to us. Because we don't know how much longer we'll have them. Should the Lord tarry? Shalai, are you getting this? Maybe you could do a little more hugging. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, she hugs me. And for some of you that don't like me teasing my wife, she's great about it. She's getting so many rewards in heaven. She's going to be in a place that I'm not going to be in because she has put up with me. Melissa's saying yes. I know. I can just see it. And, but she's not living next door to me in heaven. I already told her that. She's not going to be telling me how to decorate my house and how to, how to, what I need to clean. We're going to be neighbors, but we'll be three blocks away. Because you're not married in heaven. Come on now. But I love her. And she knows I love her. She doesn't take that personal. She's already made a request that she wants to cohabit with me in heaven to God. So I know, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> hey, when you've been with somebody 44 years, you can do that. And, and you can have a lot of fun. That's what marriage is all about, loving, joking, and not taking offense and being able to enjoy that. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Bow your heads this morning. Next week, we're going to talk about how to be an overcomer in this area. But if you don't know Christ, you can receive him as your Lord and Savior this morning. Invite Christ in. The Bible says, believe and receive. You can say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. So with heads bowed, is there anybody here you say, Owen, I really don't know Jesus, but I I want that joy. I want that peace. I want to be an overcomer, and and I've struggled. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, I want to receive Christ this morning. Lift it up high so I can pray for you. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? I want to receive Christ this morning. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Man, isn't God so good? People are coming to know him. Anybody else? I want to receive Christ too. Yes. Yes. Four hands raised. Maybe more if I missed them. I want everybody here, even if you didn't lift a hand, I want all of us to say this prayer. You're going to invite Christ in your life. If you don't have a Bible or some material, we want to give it to you. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. He wants us to be overcomers. But he wants us in the kingdom more than anything. Amen? If he'll take the thief on the cross with him, how much more will he take us? Everybody say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. You lived a perfect life, went to the cross, died for me, and you rose from the grave. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. You are now my Lord and Savior. Give me a hunger for your word, a desire to fellowship with believers, and help me overcome 
temptation. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chuck to stand up here. And if you would like them to pray for you, they'll pray for you. If you need a Bible or some material, they'll get that for you this morning. Because we want you to have that. But before we go, if you're here this morning and you say, Owen, I really keep yielding to the flesh. It may be a certain area. Maybe it's many areas. I don't look to the word. I let the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or my pride get me in things that keep tearing my life down. If that's you, nobody looking around. I'm not going to bring you forward. I just want to pray for you. Everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. But if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, remember me in prayer? Remember me in prayer. That is me. Yeah. You can take that hand back down. Anybody else remember me also? A lot of hands went up. Remember me. Nobody looking around. Yes. 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 It could be anger. It could be many different things. But you know where the enemy is using things against you. Anybody else? Yes. Jesus, you see every hand. Those listening today, watching by live stream. The Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Help them to take your word, apply it to their heart. Holy Spirit, help them to run from temptation as Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. Lord, help them to run from temptation. Lord, help them to do what David did in Psalm 51 and just fall on his face and repent. But God, I'm asking for you to help them to be overcomers and to avoid those things not yielding to the desire which can produce sin. Now, Lord, help us to go out of here today to make a difference and let us be a light to those around us. Invite others. And we thank you for this opportunity to come and just, Lord, we thank you for America. We're believing for great things in America. We're praying for an awakening in America. Stir revival in our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. If you gave your life to the Lord, come up and see one of these guys. They'll help you out. God bless you. Have a great week.